Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 27 called Vanessa. So Vanessa lives in California with her wife, Jory. I found her on Instagram and there was this one photo that I believe is from their wedding and it was just spoke volumes to me. I'll, I'll ask her if we can post it. But it is such a beautiful photo of her and her wife and the caption that she wrote is love is love. It is such an awful thing to hate. And I just was intrigued with that photo and I started scrolling her page and I was like, who are these people? They're so amazing. And she keeps it really real about parenting. They have two toddlers and the kids are gorgeous and super stylish, but her captions are really funny talking about poop and all the drama that they're going through raising these two kids. So I really wanted her to tell her story, how she and Jory had their two kids. A lot of the stuff that Vanessa says is so relatable, and I couldn't help but laugh a bunch of times. She's really funny, too. So thanks to Vanessa, and without further ado, this is her infertility story. Vanessa, thank you for doing this. We don't know each other, but I'm excited to hear your story. I found your Instagram page with you and your wife. And I love the fact that in talking about parenthood, you're very honest and you share stories about, for example, like I think it was both of your kids or maybe your son was finger painting with poop one day. So you talked about that. No, both of them joined in and it was his poop. Like, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. (laughs) That you mentioned that you wrote the other day that I thought was really great because you were talking about how life with kids isn't easy. And and there's one in the background. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about sometimes you hide from your toddler while regaining your composure. And I was like, I can totally relate to that. So, Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story and tell me about yourself. I know you guys live in California, right? Yes. So born and raised, uh, my wife and I in California, Mm -hmm. we met in college. We met in pre-calculus. We like to tell the, or I like to tell the story at least. She, she remembers it differently. Uh Uh, We're, I was a, I majored in biology pre-med. And so I had to take like all these calculus classes and whatnot. And uh, she walked into one of the classes because she was minoring in bio. And I just, I don't say, I wouldn't say that it was like love at first sight for me, but I definitely noticed her as soon as she walked in. Mm -hmm. And she just like was, she, she looked too cool for me, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Oh yeah. I know that. (laughs) And um, she sat directly in front of me and we just... I think like halfway through the semester, we still hadn't talked. And then I, I don't know, we just started talking one day and then we became really good friends. And then friendship led to other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that was what, nine years ago almost. And we've been together ever since and married for almost four years. It'll be four years in October. Tell me about your wedding. Oh, it was awesome. It was a compromise wedding for for sure. I wanted to have like this big ordeal and she's like more laid back 
and casual. It was an amazing wedding. Don't get me wrong. A backyard wedding in Palm Springs. So we rented this awesome house. We had about like 70 friends there and some family. Uh, It was just like a backyard party. It was just people got drunk, went swimming. It was a great night. That sounds (laughs) awesome. So did you guys know, like when you got together, did you talk about having kids? We didn't start talking about marriage until we started talking about kids. We felt like it just wasn't on our minds. And then one day we're like, well, we both want to be moms or she brought it up. Like she's like, I'm getting older and I want to be like, she didn't want to be an old mom. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. And so she wanted to, we've read like horror stories about like same sex couples trying to get pregnant and them it taking them years, if mm-hmm. not ever, because they're science babies in a sense. So it's unpredictable at times. Mm -hmm. So we started trying before we were married. And then for just legality purposes, and like, if anything would happen, we just felt like it'd be better if we were married. Mm -hmm. So then that's, we stopped trying. And then we got married. And then that same month, she got pregnant. Okay. So when you say you started trying, do you mind getting into all the details? Like what did you decide to do in terms of sperm and like all that? We started looking at sperm banks and we have this awesome, well, she has this lifelong friend she grew up with that she has calls a cousin Mm -hmm. and they're some of our best friends. And so we are sharing with them that we're looking at sperm banks and we were so excited. And like a couple of weeks later, they're like, well, we wanted to offer our sperm, like her husband's sperm. Mm-hmm. And so then we were kind of shocked because they had just had a baby and we we're like, oh, maybe they're going to ask us to be their like godparents or whatever. But they offered us their sperm. And then we took a little bit to decide because then we'd know them, you know, it'd be a known donor. Mm-hmm. We decided to go with him because if, you know, for health issues, if something came up with wrong with the babies. So we decided to, to go with him. Yeah. So you have access to him in case you need to find out medical background or, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we started trying almost right away. And what that meant for us, we did at home insemination. Okay. So he come over, do his business in like the bathroom and Mm -hmm. then into like a specimen cup. Mm-hmm. I'd take it. And then we'd use just a, um, you know, like the syringe you use to um, give babies medicine. Yes. Ones that, we use that. Okay. For, we just, I'd come into the room and then uh, just insert it. Wow. That's so cool. Messy, messy process. Right. Yeah, no. And it took about, we'd track cycles and you know we had the period app or the menstrual cycle I don't know one of those apps on the iPhone and so we tracked it she did start taking like pre prenatal vitamins and all that sorts of stuff uh beforehand mm-hmm. um and so I think we tried one month before our wedding and it didn't work or a couple months before our wedding and then we're like let's just get married first so we got married and then four days after our wedding we it was like her 
her ovulation date came up. So we're like, well, let's just try. Why not? And mm-hmm. that's the month she got pregnant. <laughs> wow. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> so did you guys, just backtracking a little bit, did you always know that she was going to be the gestational carrier? She carried our son and then I carried <gasps> my daughter. Oh, okay. Daughter. Oh, I and didn't we, know that. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of figured at the point at that time when we were deciding she was a little bit older, she was two years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had a better job at the time. And so it just made more sense for her to, to go first. Okay. So how was yeah. the, her pregnancy? Awful. <laughs> oh no, really? What happened? <laughs> She's, Jory is a very like level headed, cool just go with the flow person. I am emotional. Like Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And her pregnancy was all sorts. She was all sorts of fucked up. We just always say that she Mm -hmm. just, it was a mind fuck for her. Like she just Mm. so level headed. And then just, she got pregnant and I couldn't leave her alone at times. She was just almost like, I don't know. She just start crying uncontrollably. And it's just like, I didn't know what to do. It was all so new to the both of us. One time um, I had to take our dog to the, um, to the vet like late at night because he was throwing up and she just couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. And I was, the dog needed to go to the, to the vet, but I couldn't leave her alone. So I made her get dressed and she's like seven months pregnant at this point. I made her get dressed and it's like midnight and go with me because I was just too afraid to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. hormones and all that. I think it took her almost a year and a half to kind of go back to her normal self and okay. talk about it. She's like, I'll never get pregnant again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then you had your son. Was like the labor and delivery okay? Yeah. So she got induced and... Uh, they gave her, I can't remember the name of the drug to just basically start thinning out the lining of her, of her uterus. And then after that, she just went into labor on her own. She okay. didn't have to get Pitocin or any uh-huh. of the other drugs you get. Okay. Uh, and then she delivered naturally. She was very afraid of, she didn't want to have a medicated birth. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so like no drugs or any of that? Yeah, wow. no drugs in that first part. Yeah, no, she she's a warrior. She's a badass. <laughs> she is a badass. Sche- I had two scheduled C-sections and I was like, give oh. me all the drugs. Yeah, no. She was just like too scared. She didn't she didn't want to have a a bring in new life into the world that was high off drugs. She just it it didn't make sense to her. I think she went into active labor labor at like 7 a.m. and then he was here by like 9.30 mm-hmm. and everything went smooth. He's a little redheaded kid. Yes, he's so uh, happy as can be. And his name is Axel, right? Yeah, Axel Emerson. I love it. Okay, can you tell me what happened when you decided to, to try again? They're exactly a year and a half apart. So we were nuts. We're just like... <laughs> well, on your Instagram, you're like, we're knee deep in diapers. <laughs> We are very neat. Like I'm starting potty training on Monday. Oh I'm my God. What method are you going to do? We're doing the, the like three day method. Oh yeah. We did that. It works. Do it. Do it. Yeah. That's what everyone says. And yeah. so I'm just like, 
fuck, I can't do it anymore. This poop thing. Yeah. And the poop finger painting. <laughs> yeah. No. And I've had so many poop. Everyone's like, why do you always talk about poop? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. My children just, I don't it just, they love it. I guess. It's I don't think. Yeah. It is. It's their thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that we, method. It's very intense and you're like home for three days and you can't go anywhere, but it really does work. Yeah. So I'm just, we're just going to knock it out of the park. And she's show, she's showing signs that she's kind of ready to, mm-hmm. she's only a year and a half. So we're going to try it out with her. And if it yeah. doesn't work out, we'll try again, but he's for sure ready. Oh my God. If you were able to get like two for one, that would be amazing. Yes. God, diapers gone forever. Hopefully. <laughs> I will. We're just basically like, let's, let's just get through the baby stage as fast as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> is essentially what we decided. So we didn't want to have to have gone through the baby stage of like sleep training and like learning all that you know, because sleep training was difficult for us uh, all over again, like get them down and then start again, like two years later with another one. Right. So we said, let's just get them kind of over with. I know that sounds very messed up. No, I don't think it's messed up. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> uh, so we, I started trying then to get uh-huh. pregnant, same method. Same our, guy same guy. So they have, they're, they're related, they're siblings. That's cool. We, he'd come over and, uh, same, same process, drop off sperm, mm-hmm. except that for me, it took me about almost nine months. So we started trying when he was only like six or seven months or something like that. We're, we're that crazy. Mm-hmm. And, but thankfully the universe, I think, knew that I wasn't like ready to get pregnant because then we would have for sure died with kids that close in age. <laughs> that it took me eight months or eight cycles. I don't like yeah eight months of me tracking my period to yeah. to get pregnant. Okay, so how did um, did that do a number on you, like mentally, or how did that affect yeah. your relationship? Were you feeling defeated? Well, it it was it was very stressful on me because I just. I saw how easy it was for my wife. Mm-hmm. She just got pregnant like right away. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, so all this, I don't know, mental buildup that we had done before about like, oh, it's going to take us forever to get pregnant kind of went away. And I was like, oh, it's going to happen right away. Mm-hmm. And so it started off like it was a natural progression of me being super happy and hopeful to like, shit, this is never going to happen to like, fuck, I don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. because it wasn't happening. And I think the moment I said, I don't want to do this anymore, like the letdown, the next month I got pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and then, yeah. And then my wife also had, cause she's in law enforcement. So uh-huh. she had just started the academy at that point. Oh, wow. Or was going to go into the academy. So we were like, you know what? It makes perfect sense. Let's just hold off like Mm -hmm. a year because it hadn't happened. She was supposed to start the academy in a couple of months and then I get pregnant. And Mm then fast forward a couple of months, it's horrible for me because the support wasn't there because she was preoccupied with like 
you know, surviving hell week and like all this stuff they put all law enforcement through, Mm -hmm. um, that, um, I was basically alone. So that was also very difficult. Yeah. I can imagine. I was alone raising with a toddler, with a baby and then pregnant. So I kind of just had to do everything by myself through the entire pregnancy. Uh Uh, And the first like month of my, of our daughter's life. Okay. I think that also played a number on, on me personally. Yeah. That's a lot to take on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you cope with that? Did you have like friends that you could rely on or other people coming around to help? Or like, how did you get through all that like muck in those months? I had one friend who was very, she kind of saw that I was in need and would come and uh, cook for me or help me clean or just take Axel for a walk. Mm -hmm. And she also has a son. So it was kind of easy for her to just take him with her. But I think I'm, I'm, I always joke about wanting a redo pregnancy Mm. where she's present. Like she wasn't able to go to any of the, of the checkups or, you know, maybe I think she made one ultrasound and that was because we did like one of those 3d, 4d ultrasounds. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason she made it. Like she never was able to go into the doctor's office and do it that way. Okay. So I always joke around wanting about wanting a third kid, but mm-hmm. only for the pregnancy. I don't want to go through like labor <laughs> or anything like that again, because it was horrible for me. Labor was also very difficult for me. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I had to be induced because she was IUGR or they thought she was IUGR. So what does that I mean? I don't know. It means... It's basically an intrauterine growth restriction. Like they're not growing in the womb. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of obviously compli- complications could arise with that. The most severe being a stillbirth. Mm. Um, so I had to go to the doctor starting in my, the beginning of my second trimester about three to four times a week to get monitored. Wow. And That's scary. To, yeah. So it was, it was honestly, it was horrible because it, I was going into the doctor three, four times a week with my baby in hand, in tow, because I didn't have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where they wanted to induce me like right at 36 or 37 weeks. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And the doctors, I had multiple doctors pressuring me. And one doctor went as far as telling me, would you rather deliver your baby early and have her spend a couple of days in NICU or would you rather deliver or would you rather come home empty handed because she died? Oh my God. And I just start crying. I had Axel with me. I like wait. I had to wait till Jory got home from, from work because she's, she's unavailable and I'm telling her and she's like angry and she, She's angry and also hurt because she knows that like I need her, mm-hmm. but she can't be there for me. Yeah. And so she's just like, you're not allowed to go to the doctor alone. Like you need to take like someone with you. Like, cause they were pressuring me at this point to, to get induced. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want your to. resistance? Like, why were you so resistant? Just out of- <sighs> My resistance was like, I've read a lot of books 
and documentaries on like the business of being born. I don't know if you've seen that documentary. I have, yes. It's a good one, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and just more into it. And I just felt like, well, if she's not in my head, the way it made sense was like the best place for her to grow is inside of me, not outside of me with machines hooked up to her. Mm-hmm. So eventually I did give in. I did get induced. At, I decided um, to just do it because I was done with the pressure. I started actually, I stopped attending some of my doctor's appointments towards wow. the end. And I know that sounds horrible. No, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, if the, draft, <laughs> if the doctor's appointments were stressing you out and making it yes. more scary, that could have been worse for the baby. So I get that. Yeah. So I just stopped going. And then finally, I just went to one and I agreed. And at this point, I was 39 weeks okay. um, going on 40 weeks. So I was like, okay, so this is, she's more than viable at this point. And she'll like all her lung development is almost fully done. Like, cool. I can do it. So I went into the hospital on a Thursday night. They started the same. We knew the process of induction. We had a birth plan and both of us had a doula present Mm -hmm. for the birth. So we were very prepared. And my goal too was to have an unmedicated birth. Mm -hmm. So I went in, we got the initial induction drugs done and nothing, nothing was happening. So I was getting minor contractions. I wasn't progressing. And so we went into Friday evening or midday and they're like, here are your options. You can have the balloon done. We can pop your bag. And then ultimately, if nothing works, C-section. And my biggest fear was not so much an unmedicated birth like Jory's was. Mine was I didn't want to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And so I did the balloon I don't know if you know what that one is. I don't because I didn't have vaginal birth. So yeah, <laughs> tell me, tell everybody. So it's it's horrible. They put a balloon into your, I don't know, like uterus, essentially oh. at the opening uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they blow it up with like saline or something. Okay. Does it hurt? Yes. So it yeah, hurts. It sounds painful. There's a lot going on in there, like down there and like all the pressure, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. And I had to be strapped in at all times. I couldn't walk around or anything. Mm -hmm. And that was a compromise I did with the doctors because they're like, well, you're IUGR, you have to be monitored. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't in my birth plan. I just wanted to be able to labor freely and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So there was just people poking and prodding at me at all times. Mm -hmm. So they blow up this balloon inside of you. Oh my God. And once you've dilated to that amount, you essentially, uh, the balloon comes out. Okay. But you have to push the balloon out. <laughs> and I was able to dilate using that to four centimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very painful. Like there was a lot of blood and just, it was gory. And it was Ooh. like, I had to take a big poop, but it just, no, it was, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And then that still nothing happened. They're like, this usually, you know, gets you started and 
you'll dilate fully on your own from here. But nothing happened again. Mm. And I think I went another half day or day probably because she didn't come till Saturday night of just kind of waiting mm-hmm. at four centimeters. Nothing was happening by this point. Like I'm exhausted because yeah. they have to take my blood pressure like every hour or something. I can't, I haven't been able to sleep. Jory's sleeping on like that little futon they give her and it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and where's Axel? Yeah, home with our moms oh. that, you know, he's so never been away from son. Him. Yeah, that's hard. It was horrible. And so I said, my last two options are we pop your bag or if you're just done, you can go into, into the surgery. And I said, no, I said, let's pop my bag. And then it, they, they popped it one second. And then two seconds later, I'm like in so much pain. Oh, wow. It was, it was the way our doula described it was uh, with natural labor, it's like a slow progression where you slowly get there to like the peak of the pain where your body's had time to adjust mm-hmm. and to, to the pain you're experiencing. And with induction, it's like a light switch or when they have to pop your bag, you go from feeling no pain and then someone turns on the light switch Right. And you're not able to adapt to the, to the pain. Oh my God. So they, then, it, it sounds kind of fun. Like I'm going to pop your bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's such a misnomer. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like zero to 60 and terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. And I started crying and I was oh. like, I this. give me all the drugs. Yep. I literally said, give me all the drugs. And uh, my doula and Jory are like, no, you can do this. And I was like, no, fuck you. You don't know, the, you don't know what right. I'm going through. Obviously, they, they did. They had both had kids. And I was just being a baby. Right, right. Well, in the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, I opted for an epidural because then there's the one where they put the medicine into your IV bag. Mm-hmm. But based on like the research we had done that that does like cross the um the barrier and so your baby will will be a little lethargic in the beginning okay um so I did epidural Mm -hmm. and that in itself was a horrible experience because I couldn't stay still so the anesthesiologist had to poke me like two or three times oh and I, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want the epidural. Give me the other drugs. <laughs> Give me the, the harder drugs. And uh, thankfully, the anesthesiologist was like, no, you can do this. Uh, this is what you wanted. I'm only trying to help you kind of get the birth you wanted. And so somehow I managed... And he hooked up the IV and taped it up really well so that it wouldn't come out or the epidural. And it took about half an hour for the the pain meds to kick in. And then they allowed Jory in back into the room. And I think I pushed for like two hours. Mm -hmm. And um, I was having a difficult time pushing because she wasn't like, ascending 
correctly into the birth canal. And then later on, we found out it's because she had the cord wrapped around her neck and it was kind of pulling her back and keeping Mm -hmm. her back. And so that's why it took so long for me to, to get her out. And then they were worried I lost too much blood, not too much to get a blood transfusion, but enough where I had to stay like an extra day in the hospital. And I had to get my blood pressure taken, like sitting up, standing up, laying down like every couple of hours with a newborn. And I'm trying to get like nursing down. Yes. Oh my God. You went through a lot. It was, it was difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I had Jory that same that she went back to work the next day. Yeah. And then I was alone with a baby, a brand new baby and a wannabe toddler. Oh my God. So has yeah. it calmed down with her work? Is she able to be around more now? Oh, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was just the phase that she was in, like going through. Yeah. It was just kind of this timing. Stage shitty we timing. It was very shitty timing. And the way I kind of got through it was like, this is only like six months of our life Mm -hmm. and then it'll be over. Yeah. And um, it took some adjustment afterwards for her, I think, because she wasn't, I did all the newborn care. Mm -hmm. I did everything and she kind of felt like she hadn't bonded with Lexa yet. Mm -hmm. And um she worked hard on that. And so now they're not good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, tell, all right. So tell me about being two mommies. Like what are some of the, do you guys get r- stupid comments from people? <laughs> I'm always oh, yeah, like, what are some of the things that people have said that you're just like, Oh my God. Just one of the biggest thing people just assume I'm a stay at home mom now. So mm-hmm. I, we decided to have me stay home and kind of take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And they just assume that I'm in a heterosexual relationship Mm. and they see Axel run up to me and call me mom or or mama because I'm mama and she's mommy. Okay. Oh, I like Uh, that. They, and they're like, Oh wow. Like they just, where does he get his red hair from? Mm -hmm. Does my husband have red hair? And it's always like this, coming out process of me saying, well, my wife's father has red hair. Mm-hmm. He carried Axel. So that's, you know, or like, oh, I didn't know that. Or just people start acting differently once they hear that I have a wife mm-hmm. or that I have a partner. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we were hitting it off as potential friends. And now you're being like stupid and walking away. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or... I, we go to the park. Our routine is to go to the park because Axel's like full of energy and that's the only way he can burn it off. Mm-hmm. And I've been oh, called the nanny before too. Like, <gasps> are you the babysitter? Oh, cause he's got because, red hair. Yeah. Cause he's got red hair and I'm brown yeah. and he looks nothing like me. Yeah. And then that, you know, they see him run up to me and like say mommy or mama. And they're like, Oh, you're not the, <laughs> you're not the nanny. Oh, wow. Does that make yeah. you mad or like hurt your feelings? <laughs> All or can you just laugh it off? I think I'm starting to learn to laugh it off, but it, it does hurt because I had a lot of insecurities going into parenthood with Axel. Jory, mm-hmm. obviously she carried him. And so it was an immediate bond for her and yeah. him. And I had to work extra hard on that. And then 
to make, to work on that bond. I, I loved him obviously, but it wasn't mutual. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He wanted nothing to do with me. He, I had to kind of like, when she needed a break, just kind of walk away with him and he's crying and wants to be with her. And I'm just like, well, she needs a break and I want to be with you. And he didn't want me at all. We didn't really bond or he didn't bond with me, actually. I should say it that way because I loved him from the very beginning. We didn't actually, he didn't actually bond with me up until he was like maybe 13, 14 months where it's like now, okay, you're my, you're my mom and I love you, but it took him that long to kind of ask for me or reach for me. Mm -hmm. That was very difficult. Yeah. I was just like, love me, please. Right, right. (laughs) Just, I love you. Why can't you love me back sort of deal? And so I think that was very difficult for me. It was, it was just like, a mental thing. And I had to remind myself or Jory had to remind my, remind me, like, it's not that he doesn't love you. It's just like, I have the boobs. So (laughs) nursing too. So yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think that people, you know, that's part of the reason I'm doing this is because I want people to know all the different stories that people have and all the different challenges. And that's one, the not bonding, you know, I think that's really interesting to, to mention because probably I can only imagine how tough that was. And, you know, your wife had, it sounds like it had, she had a similar situation with Lexa, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to think about that and in creating your family, like all the different challenges that people go through. Yeah. And it's, we had to work really hard on it. My end and her end. And um, that's why we, we baby wear. So we learn wrapping slinging and all that good stuff so that we we wanted them to bond with us and so we just put axel in the sling or in the wrap and i'd go for a walk so that jory could have a break and he just kind of rest on me and that was like the only way i could get him to just show any affection towards me yeah, that that's I, so I, I obviously needed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you have any advice for people that might be listening, like same-sex couples or people that are maybe on the fence about having kids or aren't sure what to do? Is there anything you'd learn that you, you know, you could share with people? Yeah, if you do at-home insemination, <laughs> track your, your, your cycle. That'll go a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, start taking care of your body before actually getting pregnant. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I didn't do. I was, I was a workaholic prior to staying home with kids mm-hmm. and a lot, I think of that stress of work was not letting me get pregnant and I don't know, mm-hmm. be mentally ready. And then when yeah. it comes to bonding, since that's the thing we struggled with the most, both of us, I am a total advocate for baby wearing Mm -hmm. or just like that skin to skin contact to just like make yourself available with jewelry. I also had like a difficult time with because I didn't know what she was going through. I'd never experienced motherhood myself. Mm -hmm. So stuff she was talking about or would say I couldn't relate to in my mind 
just couldn't understand. So there's a learning curve to parenting. Yeah. And just be patient. And if you're a same-sex couple, ask for help Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. In general, in parenting, ask for help. And I think that's one thing we didn't do. We didn't ask for help as much as we should have, Mm -hmm. or I did since I stayed home with the kids yeah. um, and we both, it's isolating, right? It's very isolating. So yeah, get out there, ask for help, make new friends, mom friends, yeah. parent friends. Don't you think Instagram has been huge in that way? Like for me, just starting this podcast and reaching out to people, it's been so awesome. And I've met so many amazing people and Everybody just wants to help each other out and be there for each yes. other. So that's, I think that's a great resource too. Yes. Instagram has opened up. I've actually started hanging out with some of the, so there's this page on Instagram called same sex parents mm-hmm. and because we have no same sex couple friends. Oh, really? And we live in California. <laughs> I think just Jory and I, we, we both grew up religious. It took us a while to get out of the closet. It took uh-huh. us a while to like just admit our feelings for one another and you know that's a whole different story mm-hmm. that we just I don't know we always joke around about like us being horrible gay people <laughs> but, <laughs> but so because we want our children growing up with families that look like ours uh I started reaching out to pe- to people on Instagram yeah and uh, we're hanging out now, and one of them lives like right down the street from me, and I would have never met them if it weren't for for this page and Instagram yeah. and the community. Like, and they're like, "Yeah, let's hang out, let's be friends now." And so, um, yeah, not just in friendships, but also just all the mom support and yes, bringing women up or just parents up. And um, yeah, no, I've loved that community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm so happy for you guys and your two amazing, gorgeous kids. And I love your, all the, your sense of style too and what you guys dress them in. <laughs> so good. The little bonnets and like, oh, it's so cute. Yes. So I'm so happy I got to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to share your story. Uh, likewise. Thank you for having me on. Hey again, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Vanessa's story. I think it all comes back to that caption I told you about at the beginning in the intro. Love is love and parenting is parenting and we are all humans. We are all in this together. So no matter what situation you're in, same sex, single parent, intended parent, not sure if you want to have kids, I know that you can find something in her story that relates to you in some way. So I want to thank her again for being so open and honest and cool. And I will talk to you guys again very soon. Thanks. Bye.